Hey everyone, it's Kendra Rommel with The Rommel Report. This is a podcast where I interview the who's who within my community to build your business and help you build your network. Most of all, build your wealth portfolio. Join me on my adventures with friends where I interview them to get you the most valuable content for your business so you too can scale up. Hey everyone, it's Kendra Rommel with The Rommel Report. I am coming to you today with a good friend, Tony Tafe, with Tony Tafe Photography and um, 10,000 Headshots, which is his most recent accomplishment. Um, and so here he is, without further ado. Tony, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So let's talk about what makes a good headshot, professional headshot. What makes a good headshot? So. Um expression and long and short of it is expression um, the light could be good it could be okay it could be bad but no matter what the light looks like if the expression bad it's a bad headshot so one of the questions i always ask when i'm taking somebody's headshot is what's it for you know is this does somebody need to look confident do they need to look approachable if somebody works in a daycare they don't yeah. need to look overly <laughs> yeah. confident you right. know right. Um, and if somebody is a high-powered banker they like to have that extra extra edge of confidence in there. So um, expressions everything when it comes to a headshot. Nice. And so do you feel like it's more to pose per per your brand or pose to who you are authentically? Definitely who you are. Because okay. your brand should be who you are, right? Okay. If, if your brand is not who you are, then it's, it's very important to be genuine. People can spot somebody who's not genuine a mile off. True. Right, um, and so definitely, definitely to who you are, but, but your brand should be who you are as well. Okay, so I agree with that. If you're self-employed, right, you're creating a brand, even like myself, uh, I look at myself as self-employed within an organization, kind of more of a plug and play. Um, and so I kind of lean on the branding, not kind of, but I do lean on the branding of my organization, but independent of that, I, I clearly am branding myself. So. The people who are, um, let's call it plug and play or representing another company, although their vision may be in line, it may not be their brand. So what would be the recommendation in that scenario? Again, I, for me, the, the fallback answer is always just be genuine. You right. know, because if you, if, you work for, if you work for a certain brand and a brand is, you know, very, um, very hard and, and kind of ruthless or, you know, it's the other end of it and it's very light and airy. Mm -hmm. You've been given that job for a reason, yeah, right? right? So, so right. if you've been, if you're a very light and airy person in a very um, heavily, you know, confident branded business, mm -hmm. then you've, you've been given that job for a reason, you know? And, and so in, in none of these circumstances, what I suggest being anything other than what you are, because you'll be found out. Pe people will, people know when somebody's not being genuine. You know. And I mean, for sure. I, I, I feel I, that. Yeah, and and so I think that's number one, two, and three rule. Um, when when you're branding yourself, or when whether you're fitting to somebody else's brand, just just be genuine to who you are. That's actually a great segue into what I would ask you next. Um, as a photographer, I would imagine that's. Um, 100% accurate from your your side of the camera. Um, how, if you're, 
This is obviously art, right? So it's an expression of who you are. How can you pick the, the correct photographer or, um, you know, as a person looking for headshots that knows very little about headshots or photography or even creative brain, I would argue, like I'm not a creative brain. So what, how could a person best choose somebody and know that they align from a, from a vision standpoint, maybe? Right, so um, the, the amount of people who I get who contact me and ask for pricing and, you know, all that kind of stuff, who've never actually seen what my work looks like yeah. is crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what, the, the first question I'll always ask is if you've been on a website, do you know what the what the images look like? It's it's the same as walking into Best Buy yeah, and yeah. saying, how much is the TV? Yeah, yeah. Which, like, which TV, you know? It's it's, it's really important to, to know what you want. And, and I understand it's not as easy as picking a new TV because everybody knows what they like to watch yeah, yeah. on a TV, but not everybody knows what a good headshot looks like. So go onto somebody's website and if you like the work, you know, if, if, if it speaks to you in some way and we don't have to get all deep and like, you know, heavy about it, but if you like it, then that's, that's the way to choose. And, and then I'd always suggest get on the phone with them. Mm -hmm. And if you can have a two-minute conversation with them without them driving you crazy, then you're probably, <laughs> you're off to a good you're probably start. in a good spot. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that people should interview more than one photographer? I usually, um, I usually suggest people do when they call me and they're not sure about things. Mm -hmm. So with uh, with my headshots, I'm among the more expensive um, side of headshot photographers in the country, mm -hmm. and so. Um, if somebody calls me and they don't know the price and I'm telling them the price, mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm not really interested in them booking me if they're not 100% sure whether that's what they actually want to do, right. whether they actually want to spend you know, that much money on them. So uh, I, I would say in general, that's a good idea. A lot of times people will call and, and they know they want to book with you straight away and then you don't necessarily want to send them somewhere else. You know? but <laughs> no, if, no, no, go check it out. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but, it, but if someone's not sure, mm -hmm. it's, it's better for me to have a client who knows what they're getting into in terms of cost and, and knowing what my process is and things like that, right. than bring somebody in who's, who's not sure and then they get further down the process and then they decide it's not for them. That's just more work for me. Yeah, right. You know? so, right. so I'd rather save my work, save myself work in the beginning <laughs> rather than wait until further on down the process. Do you think that there is a differentiator between you and the guy that charges, I don't know, what the low end of photography is? Um, th this is two part, I would say to you. Um, is there a differentiator? And would it be okay for somebody that's on a budget to utilize a cheaper photographer? Do you think that it will hurt them or harm them? Um, I, I think, yeah, I mean, I, absolutely, of course, it's okay for people to utilize, you know, cheaper photographers or, or photographers who are in different, you know, landscapes in terms of how much they charge. Um, it's important that you can do that because not everybody can pay, you know, seven, eight hundred dollars for, for a headshot. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of what different, 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 it's okay, we can work together. In, 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 in terms of what sets me apart from somebody like that, um, yeah. it's subjective. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't say that I'm better than somebody like that or I even would create better photographs than somebody like that. Mm -hmm. um, 
because it's because it's subjective and I, I'd never be disrespectful to somebody who just doesn't charge the same amount as me. Right. Um, but I know how much I, I will work for mm -hmm. and how much I won't work for mm -hmm. and I charge accordingly and and people pay it so it's yeah right it's, so working. it's working yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> why change a model that's right. working yeah absolutely. so let you've been in photography now how long i've been a photographer for um since just after i moved to los angeles in 2011. um <laughs> that's a story I, we can go into i kind of fell into it by accident i was a photojournalist for the first five years i was here and mm -hmm. then i've been a studio photographer for the last did you make that switch because it felt like a natural progression or did you make that switch because you enjoyed the headshot space more? So I, I just got burnt out from uh, when I was a photojournalist I started off I was um, freelance mm -hmm. and I started off I just moved to LA I used to get in my car every morning and I was I had no money yeah and I had to, I had to make money like right? so many in LA like, so, yeah, but you wouldn't know it <laughs> right I know right um but but i so i had to make money otherwise i was going home so what i used to do is i used to get in the car every morning drive around la looking for things to photograph uh -huh. and sell it and i did that for about i i did, got quite good at it i i um what do they call it i can't even remember there's a word for it i can't remember what it is but i got quite good at it then i got offered a job with a really good um news agency uh -huh. and i traveled non-stop for four years i did 46 States mm -hmm. around the US, like small towns in the south, obviously the big cities and um, the Midwest. It was amazing, yeah. but I was exhausted. From I was it. gonna say I, fun, but exhausting. Yeah, right? yeah, it was. It was great. While it was great, it was the best job in the world. You're right. But then I just got tired of it. I'd go out to work and I kind of not be 100% sure if I was coming home that day, otherwise, or I was going <laughs> to LAX to get on a flight somewhere. Um, and so my friend, one of my best friends now, he's a, he's a headshot photographer, I met him at the time. And uh, he's like, give this headshot thing a go. And I'm like, headshots? That's the most boring, boring thing I could think <laughs> yeah. of in the whole yeah. world. And how are you going to make money doing headshots? That's yeah. ridiculous. But um, but it's, it's, it's really cool. I love it. Did you determine your price point or your worth right out the gate? Or was it a slow learning process for you, building your business, doing a lot of free work, freelance work um, for exposure. How did you go about building what what we know to be Tony Tape today? Right, so I, I definitely didn't uh, set my worth off the gate like mm -hmm. that. Um, I think when most photographers are starting out, unless they're, unless they're incredibly fortunate, they have to charge less than most people do. Mm -hmm. um, and if I, if I would have charged more, people wouldn't pay it. It just wasn't worth it, you know? Yeah. I, just, I wasn't very good, so, so nobody would pay it. Um, and it just gradually, um, it wasn't so much how, it, it, the, how much I charged wasn't so much in line with how good my work was. Mm -hmm. It was how confident I was right. in the work, right? Because the, could, I could be the best in the world, but if I don't know it, right. I'm not gonna charge a lot of money. I could be the worst in the world, but if I think I'm the best, I'm probably gonna make more money than you know the <laughs> average worst person. So it, it was definitely in line with my confidence. Yeah. Um, and as that grew, I charged more money and, and mm -hmm. you know, yeah, it's, it's going into a good place. So do you, um, I know you just did this huge project, um, which I want to tell everybody about. I think it's such a cool project. Um, 
which is the 10,000 headshots for unemployed people, correct? Um, talk to us a little bit about that and how or why you decided to do that. Sure, so, um, I mean, that's a, even just you saying that, like all a million things come through <laughs> my mind. Planning, 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 planning. Yeah, planning. It's, it's, it's been such a crazy ride the last four months, but essentially I was, I was at home in quarantine, like, you know, like everybody in the world seemed to be at one point. Yeah. And I was, so I have two businesses. I have my studio, which you mentioned, uh, which is just named after myself. And then uh, me and three of my partners, we own a, um, a headshot photography agency, mm -hmm. which is essentially a nationwide agency where we supply headshot photographers to companies all over the country. Um, a lot of large companies who have different locations in different states mm -hmm. and they want a consistent look across the board mm -hmm. and one individual in one city is not capable of servicing them all right, right, right so right. instead of them contacting multiple people they contact us and we supply the photographers um, while I was at home um, I was I, I was thinking more like because you know I was always told when I work for myself, when a recession hits or when things go bad, that's when people make money. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It's of like, course. So, yeah. so, and it's kind of maybe a little bit silly to think like that, but I was at home and for a couple of weeks, I'm thinking, okay, how am I going to do this? What's my move? You know, what's my big thing? And I was, I was driving myself crazy. I wasn't yeah. coming up with anything. No, I just thought I'm not that smart. You know, like, <laughs> you're like, when, when's my chance? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It, and I was like, okay, so. This isn't working. I need to do 180. And instead of thinking, how am I going to come out of this in a better place? Mm -hmm. I started thinking, how can we help people who need help right now? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, as I say, the with Headshot Booker, with the agency, we've got a, uh, there's like 3,000 photographers in our network mm -hmm. in the US. And then we have some in Europe and Mexico as well. Um, but in the US, I knew from that network, mm -hmm. I, on my own, can't do much, you know, but right. if, if if we came together, mm -hmm. we could do a lot. And so so I decided, okay, first it was, we'll give a thousand headshots to people who are unemployed. And then I called my, my business partner. I was like, what do you think? We could get like 10 headshot photographers involved. We'll all give a hundred away. And he's like, yeah, that sounds good. And then we I hung up and I was like, well, if we can do a thousand, we can do 10,000. <laughs> and so I texted him and I said, uh, you know, forget a thousand, we'll, we'll do ten. Yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah. And then that was it for like four months. It was just every, it consumed me every single day. What was the consuming part? The planning? The, the planning because it's 10,000 people. Right. Uh, we, we organized it across all 50 states. So every single state mm -hmm. was to have a, at least one photographer. Mm -hmm. We had to organize um, locations where mm -hmm. they'd shoot. Right. Because you Which can't is hard do, in COVID. I, Impos that's almost crazy. impossible, but yeah. we, we got really fortunate that um, Brookfield Properties. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know Brookfield? The malls, basically, yeah. right? So, so they're yeah. one of the largest um, real estate owners in the world. Yeah. They became our partner. Which is great, Which and it was, couldn't be more, that's helping them at oh, a time yeah, like it, this, it is, right? It is, yeah. yeah. So, um, so they came on board, Canon, the camera manufacturer, they came on board as well. And I, it was a case of, getting 200 photographers who were all willing to give the time for free. Yeah. Organizing everybody, you know, organizing the, it was almost 200 locations. Um, but then you've got to schedule 10,000 people. Yeah, right. You know, so we, in a pandemic, yeah. you know, when events are not happening. <laughs> it's just like one hurdle was, after the yeah, next. Yeah, <laughs> but it was the, one of the most rewarding things I've, I've ever done in my life. And, 
and um, it was just cool and you know we got a ton of obviously we, we gave thousands of people a free headshot for the LinkedIn all, mm -hmm. all, all unemployed people um, and then the press got hold of it and, mm -hmm. and they went nuts for it you know yeah. um, were you on Good Morning, Good Morning America, we right? We were on the Today Show. Today Show. We were on the Today Show. Um, USA Today interviewed me, Fast Company magazine. Yeah. They interviewed me. And there's a story about those guys, which is kind of embarrassing, but it's, it's funny. <laughs> um, what else? Bloomberg uh, Business. Yeah. All kinds of stuff. And there was some like 200 news clips around the country. So cool. From it. It was, it was really cool. Um, but yeah, that, that was amazing. How did you vet these people? To, was it just the first time? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was no, there was no vetting. I mean, I, we can't, we can't check that somebody's unemployed. I, I, it was more of a honor system. Honor system. Yeah. I mean, I, I have faith in people that they, I'm sure some people did. Honestly, I'll do that many people. I'm sure some people had a job and took a free headshot. I mean, <laughs> I think it's, I think that's the only way to run is, yeah. is how you want to be treated and you have to assume other people are, are similar, right? Right. But yeah. I'm speaking more to, was it just the first 10,000 that oh, applied yeah. for appointments? Yeah. So, so we set up on, on our website, headshotbooker.com, we set up a scheduling page, which was run through Acuity, mm -hmm. a really cool scheduling software. And we have, um, I don't know, however many calendars, well, however many locations we have. We have a calendar for each location. Nice. 10 minute increments throughout the day. Yeah. And they just go in and book their spot. And did you just issue their, their photo immediately after the right. session? So, so we, you... had, we had this really cool software called Spot My Photos. Uh-huh. And essentially, so say I was, if I was photographing you, mm -hmm. You, you know, it was all social distancing and stuff yeah, yeah, like right. that. So you stand in front of me, I take your phone number down uh -huh. and essentially assign that phone number to you. Yep. Every single shot I took of you got mm -hmm. text straight to your phone. Oh, that's awesome. Software. It was, yeah. it was, it's really cool, this software. They, that was another partner who came on board. Yeah. Um, so we, di we didn't then, we also saved 200 photographers the pain in the butt of having to go home and like yeah, send edit. emails yeah, out yeah, yeah, and all yeah. that kind yeah. of stuff. So yeah. yeah, it was really cool. That's so awesome. That's That speaks to me so much because that's what this is about. It's about leveraging your network for the greater good of, of society, the community um, and people, you know? I mean, I think that each one of us are given talent. Sometimes it's not even known to us, right? Until you, to your point, you know, you're sitting at home and you're thinking, how can I, you were in it to how could what's my next step, right? Yeah. Um, how can I capitalize in a down, otherwise down time, right? But really, what came out of it is so much greater, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, what came out of it was unbelievable. I, I didn't expect it. Right. You know, I, I was right. hoping that like something cool had happened, but yeah, it, yeah, it was ridiculous. It's, it's crazy. So, do you, where do you go from here? Do you do another ten thousand in a year? In six months? Four months? What does that look in like? In a year? Yeah, I want to make it an annual thing. You mm -hmm. know, and if in ten years' time, and who knows, it's ten thousand now. Mm -hmm. You know, in a non-pandemic year, which hopefully next year is non-pandemic. <laughs> yeah, let's let's hope. Let's hope. Um, you know, we we can photograph a lot of people. So, if in ten years' time. Um, we photographed 100,000 unemployed people and given mm -hmm. them something that can help them find a job, mm -hmm. find uh, employment, then that's cool. I love the thought of that, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's, that will give our, our business, uh, Headshot Booker, that'll give us purpose on right. top of just 
you know, making well, it's money your brand, and like right? That. I mean, it's. I guess now it will be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, but it, you know, wasn't intentional. Yeah. Um, but what a cool brand to be able to help people. A hundred. Yeah. Yeah. In our space, I compare that, which has kind of a negative rap. Actually, it's not really for the purpose of helping people. Um, but we have what we call AMCs, which are a hub for appraisers all over the nation, right? They're, they house these appraisers and this was implemented at a time when down, downturn, you know, the crash, sure. where the government started, you know, um, forcing all these new regulations and, because they didn't want fraudulent appraisals. So they started housing all these vetted appraisers who did work, obviously, um, to gain financially. I mean, they're independent, you know, contractors, right. but nonetheless, if you can take that and not just extract, obviously, the financial upside, but know that you're impact, making an impact, I just think that that's so cool. Like, that really is our purpose in whatever field you do. And so during these interviews that I have with lots of people, I, there's, a, there's a common denominator. I think, to your point, most people want to extract the good in people and see the good in people, and you have to be creative. Right. sometimes yeah. you know to, to really pull that out because it's easy to get caught on the hamster wheel you got to support your bills in LA yeah. or mm -hmm. wherever whatever side of the pond you're on you know right. <laughs> but so um, I think when you can do the when you can do what you do every day and impact people and give people value you're it's hands down going to be a successful business yeah model. I, I think so and, and I also think that being able to do that means you're in a fortunate position right because some people um it's just not on the priority list you know mm -hmm. if you've got kids mm -hmm. and you don't know what they're going to eat at the end of the week or right. if you've got bills and you can't pay the rent at the end of the month or you're not sure whether you're going to be able to pay the rent or whatever it's it's just not a priority to think of other things and it shouldn't be you know like mm -hmm. our, Survival. Our, our priorities are, are our priorities and and I think if you're in that position where you, you can do that, it means you're in a fortunate position. You know, it means that you can think of things that are not immediate needs. Um, needs right? Yeah. Do you really, though, think that it costs that much to extend yourself to make an impact? I think when you've got um, a family and, and you're struggling to support them, yeah, I think it's that's a big extension yeah do you feel like this all just as an example the 10,000 headshots do you feel like you extended yourself financially um to make it happen yeah um probably spent about 40 grand on it wow mm -hmm. and that was just pulling together people or resources or all of the above um all of the above yeah it was um you know signage for all the locations and um yeah there was there was a, a ton of different things that had to be designed, you know, actual print and, and mm -hmm. shipping and, mm -hmm. and then design of things. And, and that's not even a good time spent, you know, yeah, if right. it was billable hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but, but no, I, I, I see, I, I get the point. Um, I think everybody, it would be great if everybody could position themselves in a way where um, we are thinking of other people mm -hmm. a lot of the time. But I also believe that um, priorities are just different for everybody. And for right. some people, it's very difficult to 
to be able to do that and, and you know that's no fault of their own I guess right it's right, just right. a situation yeah I mean I think both sides are true to be honest with you I think some people are visionaries and can can do that and make it happen because that's their purpose right um, but what I wanted the reason I asked you those questions is because as a small business owner or someone that just tries, I think there is a realness to it. Things cost money. You have to spend money to forge ahead in in whatever you do, I feel like, you know? And I think it's a misconception. They see someone like you that has a extremely successful business that you can just do whatever, right? That's the natural assumption. What is it for Tony to give four hours, because that's the time they see you, you know, front facing, but it's not four hours. It's hundreds of hours leading up to the four hours that's taking away from your $250 a headshot. And so I think it's important to highlight these qualities in, you know, the human race. Like you are doing something fantastic for people that otherwise wouldn't have an opportunity. And I think that's so commendable. Thanks. And it speaks so much to your character. And that's probably why what warrants your $250 a headshot because you can extract the goodness in people and the raw qualities of another human being, which to me is, that epitomizes success. I think that's awesome. I appreciate it, kind of you to say. Yeah. <laughs> so um, going back to just some basics with you, um, how important do you feel a headshot is? I mean, it's, it's incredibly important. Um, I think that when we were doing all this uh, 10,000 headshots organizing, we, we found out the statistics of, you know, a LinkedIn profile, as an example, with and without a headshot. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember what they were. But Silly. I know. Um, I think <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty certain it's if you have a headshot on LinkedIn, you're 21 times more likely to get a connection request. And I think it's nine times more likely to be contacted by somebody in your, you know, inbox or whatever mm -hmm. um, and and so for opportunity sake alone mm -hmm. um, you know it, the the $250 for a headshot thing that is um, that's in a situation like what we've done today mm -hmm. where, where we're on location mm -hmm. um, and you know there's multiple people doing yeah, in yeah, a yeah. relatively short amount of time if somebody's coming to my studio they're paying upwards of a thousand dollars for a headshot, headshot. Yeah. and you know I'll be with them for maybe two hours and mm -hmm. we'll do you know different outfits and all that kind of stuff and um people are really happy to pay you yeah, know and, and, and that is the that's the importance of a headshot mm -hmm. you don't have to put, spend that much money mm -hmm. you know like we mentioned earlier there is different options mm -hmm. um for different budgets but it's really important and and a lot of people still even now which blows my mind say well why does your employee need to know what you look like mm -hmm. and it's your employer doesn't care what you look like. Mm -hmm. Your employer cares how you present yourself. That's right. And if you if you take yourself seriously, do you are you going to represent their brand mm -hmm. in the same way that you? Because if you can't be bothered to represent yourself properly, mm -hmm. you're not probably not going to represent their brand very well. Right. You know, and right. and so um, that I think that's where the importance comes in. Mm -hmm. Is that it just shows that you take yourself seriously and and that you present yourself in a professional way. Mm -hmm. And so for anyone that, there's a large majority of the population, even with all the social media platforms kind of evolving to what they are and everyone has multiple social media outlets um, and they're getting more and more comfortable with blogging and with, you know, these selfie stick, this selfie stick movement, right? But 
To the people who don't enjoy being in front of a camera, whether video or uh, a still photography, do you have advice for that person? Well, the first part is they're not alone. That's pretty yeah. much everybody in the world yeah. doesn't enjoy being in front of the camera. Yeah. Um, and the, the, the only advice really is to find a photographer who you can, assuming that they're going to get a headshot, find a photographer who can make you feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. Because that, I think that's the trick, honestly. Mm -hmm. When I, we spoke earlier about what makes a good headshot, right? Mm -hmm. The lighting, and you could be the most technical person in the world, mm -hmm. and you could have beautiful light on somebody. Right. But if you're awkward and strange, then they're going to feel awkward <laughs> yeah. and strange, which means they're going to look awkward and strange, yeah. right? So um, being having that skill to be able to just make somebody relax in a short amount of time mm -hmm. is the thing that kind of they want to look out for. Um, yeah. So when you approach a new shoot, right? Let's, and you really don't know that person, right? You, you yourself are a human being also with your own emotions walking into a new job, big or small. There could or couldn't be apprehension with that. Or maybe you're just, I, I mean, regardless of how you're feeling, you're exuding confidence and your job is to make that other, other person feel comfortable. How do you do that? Where's the switch for you yeah. to, to be genuine and and get the best piece in right. those situations? Um, that's a good question. I don't know what the answer is, to be honest. It's, one rule I have for myself is uh, I don't change mm -hmm. my what I do for I I adjust how I communicate for people, mm -hmm. but I don't change what I'm trying to do for anyone. So if I'm shooting, you know, I've, I've photographed CEOs of multi-billion dollar companies for mm -hmm. the annual reports. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I photograph people for free. Mm -hmm. um, it's my, what I do doesn't really change. I change how I do it based on what kind of person they are because you have to do that, right? You have to adjust to mm -hmm. different uh, situations and you have to be able to pick up on little things quickly. Mm -hmm. um, because if somebody's shy and timid mm -hmm. and you're loud, you're gonna, you're going to scare the hell out of them, they're going to be more, yeah. you know, and, and if somebody is the opposite, you've got to match them, you know, you've, if somebody is dominating and, and you know, um, loud and very, you know, handsy, all that kind of yeah. stuff, you've kind of got to, you've, you've got to raise yourself to whatever they're on, otherwise they're just not going to connect with you. Right. And, and very, a lot when, when you're a photographer and you, usually happens with men, honestly, and, and they're, they're really nervous mm -hmm. and they try and overcompensate for it. So they try and become extra kind of, you know, domineering and like yeah. um, extra confident. <laughs> but you know most of the time that it's just, they're just nervous. But so you, you have to adjust for, for different things with different people. And, and it's fun, honestly, it's, it, it can be mentally, if you're doing it over and over with different people Daunting, in one right? day, well, it can just be draining because yeah. you're kind of performing for each yeah. person a little bit. <laughs> Even though you're still being genuine, you're switching for each person. And um, But it's fun. It's a it's challenge. It's like speed dating, but you get to take pictures right. while you're doing it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You get to make I've money while you're doing it. I've never done that, I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fun, though. It's, it's a challenge. So where do you see... Um, your business going or what is your one year, two year as a business owner and or as an artist? Where, where do you see yourself? Right. So, I mean, for, for me, um, obviously, you know, I think everyone has those one year, you know, three year, five year goals and plans and stuff like that. Um, and it's different for different 
businesses. For, of um, course, yeah. But uh, I, different businesses that I am involved in. I mean, um, but but the the answer in a nutshell is as long as in one year mm -hmm. and three years and five years mm -hmm. I've got something to look forward to, mm -hmm. I'm good. You know, it, it, that's that's really what's important. So what's your drivers at this point? Like what what is what gives you that fire each and every day? I'm just um, just the fact that I'm pinching myself every day thinking I get to take photos of people and people pay me to do it. Like <laughs> yeah. this is not, you know, when I mean, when I was growing up, where I grew up in Liverpool in England, the unemployment rates high and, and most people have manual jobs. And, mm -hmm. you know, I've done, I did them as well when I first left school. And that's work to me like that is, you know, I remember my dad was a builder and when I left school when I was 16 and I went to work with him. And I remember once, it must have been December, but it was freezing cold and we were doing roadworks, like, you know, the stuff you see um, laying curb and flags and uh, flagstone and all that kind of stuff. It's hard work and, and it was freezing cold. And I remember one time it was about to snow mm -hmm. and it was so cold. I remember thinking, please snow, please snow, because <laughs> we'll get to go home for the yeah. day. And it started snowing. Yeah. And my dad was like, what are you doing going home? Like, yeah. you're still gonna work, what are you talking about? So when, when I look back to that, to what I'm doing now, I'm, this is easy, this is right, right, right. This is like, I'm, I feel like the luckiest person in the world and, and that's what drives me. Like, why would I not be really happy and excited about that? I mean, yeah, you have perspective on life because of where you come, you've come from. And I think that's, I think staying grounded in that is huge. I think it's something, especially living in Orange County, right? In privilege, you tend to lose sight of your foundation. Um, I think it's suffocating at times, even just in business, you know, you, on one hand, you keep up, you keep the most relevant headshots, you, you brand yourself, you put yourself out there. And I think it's important to, to go, wait, why did I start this? You know, no yeah. matter what we're doing, why right. did, why did we start this? Where did we come from? Where are we really trying to go and enjoy the journey? You know, uh, I don't think it's always about creating this financial glossy vision of success. Success is so different for everybody, you know? And yeah, so absolutely. Um, and, and I also think that if you're doing the right thing and enjoying it, the financial rewards are will there. Come. They, so, they, they'll yeah. come most of the time, you know, especially if that's part of your motivation. I think that's, I mean, it's part of my motivation. I think it is for most people, but I just know that will come. And if it doesn't come and I'm still looking forward to things and I'm still enjoying myself and I'm still not digging holes in the snow, <laughs> yeah. then I'm in a good spot, Success. you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's good. Yeah. Well, Tony, it's been awesome having you join us on the Rommel Report. And um, I know you're super busy. I know your project is behind you, but you have tons to look forward to. If somebody wants to get in touch with you, how would they do that? Uh, so my Instagram is the best place for that. Uh, Tony Tafe. It's a weird Irish name, so it's <laughs> T-A-A-F-E. Um, you can go to my website and stuff, but Instagram is the place to get me. Okay, awesome. Well, thanks everybody for joining us. Um, I'm super, super pumped to have had the time with Tony. I hope you guys all were able to learn a little something about headshots and their importance. Um, thanks for hanging out. My pleasure.